I'm starting to think that maybe we should do a potluck thing. Potluck, potluck. The potluck is going really great. A potluck. Seriously. Seriously. This is the Incredible Inman's Pop Culture Potluck. Okay, so welcome to the potluck. My name's David Inman, and I'm joined by my brother, Stephen Inman. Call me Steve. Oh, thanks, Steve. Um, we like to get together and... and we're roughly the same age and grew up in the same house, being brothers. And uh, we same parents, yeah, same parents. <laughs> and we like to talk about we just kick around stuff from when we were young. And one of the things I thought would be fun to talk about is is the toys that we had, especially in the nineteen sixties and seventies. Because, uh, well, I don't know. Why don't you start? Is there anything that sticks oh, out gosh. in your memory? I, I would say. Um, when I when I think about toys, I think mainly about games. Um, we were a big game family. Um, obviously, Monopoly was was the big oh, yeah. one. Uh, we used to have, and not not in our family, but other our friends, we would have these marathon Monopoly games. I mean, literally, that would last all night in some cases, and we spent a lot of time playing Monopoly. Uh, but other things that we, you know, I'm thinking of things like battling tops. Ideal battling tops championship. The contestants are winding their tops, getting into position, and the battle's on. Look at those tops battle for position. Watson's top is down. But it's up again. Anything can happen in battling tops. Valenti's top should not clear out of the arena. Watson's the winner. Champ, what's your secret? It's in the wrist action. Battling tops from ideal, the good game people. Do you remember oh, that? Oh yeah, forgotten that. Um, that was the one that was. It was. Um, it's kind of like whack a mole, where you just like take your fist and pound it and make this thing go mm -hmm. spinning in the middle of this. Yeah, and then you would like the two tops would well they'd battle. They'd battle. <laughs> That's the name. Um, that was a big deal. All oh, hands down was another one. I think that was one of the first games we had. Um, and and other ha either Mattel or Hasbro or somebody like that mm -hmm. would make a game, and uh, we would try it. You know, our folks, um, toys was different because toys. I think makes me think more of like GI Joes. We we obviously I had GI Joes. I thought I know yeah. you did. GI Joe, GI Joe, fighting man from head to toe. Terrific equipment to have a battle with. When you get G.I. Joe and the authentic G.I. Joe equipment, you'll have the greatest realism, the greatest fun you ever had in playing soldier. Box after box of authentic uniforms and equipment so you can change your G.I. Joe soldier into a camouflage marine ready for battle. A Navy frogman with complete scuba suit and inflatable life raft. An Air Force pilot with high-altitude helmet and air vest. Get G.I. Joe and get G.I. Joe equipment so you can set up exciting battle action whenever you want. 
Remember, only G.I. Joe is G.I. Joe. And who was the, what was the, um, was there some sort of Lone Ranger thing mm. that we had where we had horses? Or was that something else? Am I thinking of something else? Yeah, it's, you know, we were, it was like, I think in the 1960s, some toy manufacturer said, you know, girls are buying all these Barbies and it's, you know, Barbie crazy. And But guys, boys don't have, we need to make something acceptable for boys to play with, not Ken, because Ken's just like, Barbie's he's boyfriend. Like Barbie. Yeah, he's like <laughs> he could wear some of her clothes, but that's another story. Um, so GI Joe came along, which at that point was a, t- a larger uh, GI Joe than the later versions, and it was you know roughly Barbie size, but of course came with all of the accessories. Dog tags. Yeah. Uh, and, what what would happen if a, if a toy manufacturer today made a GI Joe? What what would it wouldn't have any weapons with it, for one thing. <laughs> well, it would have like... And it would never even make it to the shelf. Yeah. It'd be, and they would also have to have G.I. Jane because you can't have G.I. Joe and yeah. G.I. Well, Jane. Sure. And, yeah. yeah. But that was, a, that was, a, that was a, a better time in life. Everybody, you know, boys learned from soldiers and had guns and things of that nature. But uh, G.I. Joe was a big deal. And, and every, I don't know even who made G.I. Joe's. Hasbro, I think. Okay. And the richest kid in your neighborhood, you you would know he was the richest kid because he had the most G.I. Joe stuff. That's right. The space capsule, the Jeep, the, I don't even remember what else they had. A tank? I don't know. I'm sure he did. A PX. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Where he could go in and get his smokes. (laughs) G.I. Joe camel size. Yeah. Or G.I. Joe size camel size. All right. Yeah, G.I. Joe, and then that triggered, so that was Hasbro. So then Mark's Toys, M-A-R-X, okay. came out with their kind of ripoff. It's a stampede. They're in trouble. Will they escape? It's up to you with the Best of the West by Mark. Rush Captain Maddox to the rescue, along with General Custer. Who started it? Ferocious Chief Geronimo on his horse Comanche. And there's Johnny West with his horse Thunderbolt. Jay West drives the buckboard with his sister Janice, while his twin brother, Riding Concho, fires to turn the herd. There's Jane West. Can she control the covered wagon? The stampede is getting closer. Will Jane and Janice escape? It's up to you. You're the boss of the Wild West with your Best of the West collection. Each figure complete with up to 31 pieces of authentic gear. And look how you can pose Comanche. Get the best of the West by Marks. Called, and they did a couple of things. They did Johnny West, which was, and Johnny, you know, G.I. Joe had clothes you could take on and off, so different uniforms and stuff. Johnny uh, West was just all molded plastic. He had Johnny on, West, not Johnny Quest. No, Johnny West. Okay. And uh, he had like buckskin on, but it was molded plastic. And then you'd have vests, and then you could have, there was Chief Cherokee, I think. But the one I really liked and bought was Mike Hazard, which was also by Marks, and it was a secret agent. And he had like, he had a necktie that you could, that, that would hold a knife behind it. Yes. A little knife. All right. Or he had shoulder holsters and, and bulletproof vests and 
nuclear holocaust deflectors. And did I don't he know. have his own show on CBS? He didn't. On Saturday night? No. I mean, that was Mannix. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, got it. I'm thinking of He should else. have had his own show, but he did. <laughs> but it was a, it was a, a plastic, and that was just part of the secret agent uh, kind of craze that happened when the man, I think James Bond and the man from UNCLE and stuff like that. And Mattel made these toys that converted from looking normal, quote, unquote, into weapons. Finished your homework yet? Yes, Mom. If she only knew the secret briefing session waiting for me, Agent Zero M. I'm ready, sir. Splendid. You will need certain special equipment. First, this portable radio, or so it seems. Yes? Show him the Zero M radio rifle. Created especially for counter-espionage by Mattel. The Zero M Jet Coder writes a secret message you can see only with these glasses. And if you get in a jam... This is the Zero M Snapshot. Well named. Press here and the snapshot. You see, it's not the camera. All three come in this special Zero M weapon set by Mattel. Or separately, of course. We cleverly place them wherever toys are sold for agents who might need extras. You know the password. Zero M. Correct. You leave immediately? Right after school. So you could pie this plastic fake radio that turned into a plastic fake machine gun. It would like, a barrel would shoot out of one side and a stock would come out the other. And what every kid needs. Oh my gosh. You know. And, and a, or a briefcase that would have a little hole in the side of it that you could point your gun through. Okay. So, well, you know, it was... It was a different time. It was. Right? A, a totally yeah. different time. Yeah. Vietnam was going on and whatever else. Yeah. Well, they, they also, at that time, uh, Major Matt Mason. Meet Major Matt Mason, Mattel's man in space and the bravest astronaut yet. He lives on the moon. We may all be there soon. And he gets around with a jet. Until Sergeant Storm in his red uniform, Major Matt worked all alone. Now, together, they face the dangers of space and seek to learn the unknown. The machines that they drive seem almost alive as they transport the adventurous pair. The new AstroTrack whips through the black, and Firebolt even goes where they meet Captain Laser, his space gear ablaze with energy stored from the stars. He's a giant, it's true, but a friendly one who spent his boyhood on Mars. An exciting place, the world of space, as all the astronauts know. This world is swell. It's made by Mattel. With it, how far can you go? Yeah. Was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, for some reason, I used to get these two confused. Major Matt Mason and Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> because Now, Stretch Armstrong was just, he was like... You know the movie The Incredibles? Right. Where they have the one kid that's, that's his yeah, arms. Yeah. He was kind of like that, but he yeah. was way before The Incredibles. Yeah, he was like late 70s or something like that. Yeah, but. and I was too old to play with him, but I played with him anyway, that kind of thing. Oh, you had one, huh? I, no, what? I didn't have my oh. neighbor. <laughs> I, was, I was totally into Hot Wheels at the time. Oh, yeah. I totally ate up with Hot Wheels. They are new. They're authentic. They're the fastest miniature metal cars you've ever seen. New Hot Wheels, only from Mattel. California custom-style cars with power bulges, torsion bar suspensions, chrome engines, red stripe racing slicks. New Hot Wheels. There's more. Collect them by themselves or get them in action sets with special track and accessories. 
so you can race them or stunt them. Choose from the strip action set, the drag race action set, the stunt action set, the hot curves race action set, new hot wheels only from Mattel, the fastest miniature metal cars you've ever seen. And um, if you you know that you were serious about Hot Wheels, if you bought a, a collecting carrying case, not just a regular crap no, no, carrying case. No, it had to be Hot Wheels in the shape of a tire, of course. Um, and there were a lot of neighbors of ours that had Hot Wheels, mm -hmm. and uh, you would constantly be comparing yourself to somebody else. Well, he's got better Hot Wheels than me, or whatever. But that was a Hot Wheels was a huge deal. Yeah, um, it was. It was even. I mean, I was a big Matchbox car lover, but Hot Wheels changed the game. They, oh, it yeah. just changed the whole game. Oh yeah, it was a game yeah. changer. Yeah, game changer. I like that. Now, did uh, but could you run Hot Wheels through your Mister Kelly's car wall? Oh, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> Snow, rain, mud. Your car is bound to get dirty. So give the car a car wash, make it look like new. Watch it in the car wash that lets you see right through. Mr. Kelly's car wash, that's the one for me. Hey, Mr. Kelly, wax it beautifully. Drive up the ramp, hook the chain, it runs by battery. Clean, scrubs, and dries your car automatically. Mr. Kelly's automatic car wash, what a toy. From a hidden tank, fill overhead water tower, hook on car, throw switch, and automatically cars are wet down, scrubbed all over, and dried while you watch. Mr. Kelly's car wash comes with two late model cars, car wax, towels, sponges, and even a sign. Hey, Mr. Kelly, clean my car like new. Mr. Kelly's car wash lets you wax them too. Every boy wants a Remco toy, and so do girls. Mr. Kelly's car wash, that's the one for me. First of all, what I could even okay, so I could even sing you the commercial for Mr. Kelly's car wash. No, but no it's okay. Just, uh, yeah. yeah, we don't need okay. that. But um, so where did that? I mean, I don't. I barely remember that. This was I had to have been five or six, so you would have only been two or three. But I wanted a Mr. Kelly's car wash more than anything, and it was this plastic. Uh, like a tunnel, you know, that your car would go in one end and you could fill a little water tank at the top and drip water onto it. And then when it would come out, you could wipe it with a little cloth and then wax it with little car wax. I know. And it was just, I just wanted one more than anything. And I, when I got it, I just remember it being the happiest Christmas ever. And, oh. and, uh, it was it was wonderful. Well, I think that probably came for at the time, our uncle, my dad's younger brother, had a filling station. Yeah. Right? And maybe that, so. At the time, now, you know it's different now, but at the time, filling stations, that was a big deal. Uh, not, I don't know if it was a big deal or not, but it was something that we really thought was cool because mm -hmm. you come out, eat pump gas, love the smell of gas. <laughs> That's a whole other issue. Maybe why we're still screwed up yeah. now, but... Um, and he would, you know, he would have the stuff and he would wipe off the windshield in the front. And um, you, I always think of when that, when I watched The Jerk with David Johnson, 
with Steve Martin, yeah, right. his name and Doing, the same, yeah. Doing the same thing. I thought that was pretty cool. So <laughs> maybe that's where that all started for you. I don't, I don't know. know. That was that was a big thing for me. And then I remember a similar toy called Union Station. you run with magnetic wands. The bus pulls in the terminal, rushing for the train. It stops just in the nick of time and then zooms out again. A car speeds up the street. He must be late. Oh, too bad. There goes the railroad gate. Dad runs to the ticket window, has to pay his fare. Mom says, better hurry. The train will soon be there. Look, there's Union Station Special chugging down the track. Pull into the station now. Everyone stand back. Better tell that passenger to leave the flower shop. This lady wants some candy, but she has no time to stop. Boy, whoops, he missed. He's so mad, he's doing a twist. Get Union Station, complete with 74 parts, easy to put together. And remember, get magnetic-powered Thimble City wherever you get Union Station by Remco. And Union Station was this kind of plastic train station with no ceiling. So you had all the walls and you had the floors, but no ceiling. And then... It was on a board that was up off the ground like three inches with these little plastic pylons. And what you would do is you would get a wand with a magnet on the end of it, and all the people and cars had magnets on the bottom. And you would move all the cars and trains and people, and uh, you'd need like 700 wands to move them all at the same time. But I remember that that was a big deal, too. I, did, I do not remember that. Union Station. Union Station. Really, probably find that on Union eBay now for like three hundred dollars or something. No, like that. I, I keep thinking that all of the things that we had when we were younger are worth a lot of money, but they really aren't. <laughs> the only thing that I regret that I got rid of uh, were baseball cards, mm -hmm. any kind of sports. I had tons you, of that you had stuff. A ton of baseball yeah, cards. just like you had a ton of comics. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure your comics are worth a lot too. But anyway, that was one of the things that I do regret not holding on to and keeping nice with baseball cards mm -hmm. and any kind but of when sports you're a kid, cards. It's like if you collect things just and try to keep them in mint condition, that's almost like not, it, that's not what you do when you're a kid. No. I have a um, 1972, I was 12 years old, my dad took me and a couple of my buddies to the ABA All-Star Game, which was here in, in Louisville, right? So I have a program from that night. Now you you may think, oh, well, nobody ever drew in it or signed any autographs or anything. No, I signed every stinking autograph in there. You signed them Color, yourself? Yes, color, <laughs> use a different pen for different autographs. Just Steve, you're really great. <laughs> the greatest ball player Artist ever. Artist Gilmore. <laughs> that was the Artist Gilmore. And a funny story about that, about that game, was that after the game, uh, this has nothing to do with toys, but after the game, it was me and my dad and two of my friends. We were uh, after the game was over. We went down. Uh, we were sitting up on the you know on the upper deck because we had nosebleeds. We after the game we came down. You had red shirts, so it's okay. And we and we had uh, we we saw that the players were having like a reception kind of thing, we're going into this like a uh, like a, a conference room or. Everything, you know, food catered, the whole deal. And the players walked in, and then behind them, the cheerleaders walked in. Mm. And so my dad, being the, not sure what the word is here, but. Our dad would do stuff like this. My dad 
um, maybe under the influence, <laughs> fell in behind these cheerleaders <laughs> with me and my three but two buddies, and we're getting ready to walk in, and the guy says, "Hold it, hold just a minute. Can I see your ID or whatever?" And my dad said, "Oh no, this is this is my daughter pointing to the cheerleader that was ahead of us." Oh, okay, come on in. We go into the the reception area. We had like, you know, prime rib. You know, it was just one of those things. And these two friends of mine just thought my dad was it. Man, he got us in here. Did you see that? He just walked right in and said that was his daughter. That was a night to remember. But in any event, it was a, it was a, my point was, you'd have thought that I would have saved the program from that night. Right. And it's still in pristine condition. No, it's still torn up and I've still got it. You were a twelve year old kid instead of a big old nerd, basically. <laughs> who was, you know, gonna save it forever. Yeah. So yeah. But that was a that was a that was a memorable night. Uh and then we had things like um oh, as we got older, um spirograph that was, um, I'm not quite sure what was behind when that got founded or came out. Was there just like a big rush of people that wanted to be graphic designers? <laughs> or I'm not sure what that was. I do not know what happened. It was like... And that was made by Kenner, I yeah. think. Yeah. And Yeah, but how did it, that even come? It's like, hey, look, if we, grind, if we drill holes in these gears that are the size of a pen, people, I don't know. I don't get it at but all. It's, it's, they're made to this day. Well, are they really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then we also had Light Bright. Light Bright, the toy that lets you create beautiful pictures with light. Work with colorful pegs that glow with light. Light bulb not included. Make people, animals, things. And with refills, Bugs Bunny or Bozo the Clown. You can make lots of pretty pictures with Lightbrite from Hasbro. Which was... Um, so yeah, Lightbrite. so you would put a black piece of paper behind the, this grid and then you would insert these pegs and the light behind the paper would light up the pegs. But mm -hmm. then afterwards you had all like black paper full of holes. Yeah, which served no purpose. What did you do with that? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and then at the world famous Etch-A-Sketch, which I was never very good at, <laughs> um, but we had one anyway and I you know you, you'd have friends uh, inevitably you'd have a friend that he was in school or whatever and they would bring their Etch-a-Sketch to school and they would show it to you just shame you to death <laughs> look what I you know he was wow. like drew um, Apollo Lisa. 13 on, on Etch-a-Sketch and I drew like a square dog or something <laughs> um, my but, proudest moment was and it probably took hours was like just working it with both hands on the knobs the whole time and then so you basically just get rid of all the sand and you start seeing underneath the little point that right. makes the thing and yeah. then you get to the very end of it and you've got, got a totally clean screen nothing on it you can see the point and then somebody comes along and like takes it and shakes it and all your hard work a lot of anger down the tubes there tell. it is yeah yeah the um I I was the in our I, I mean I was the sports kid I did lots of sports yes. stuff and uh, so we had um, the football game I don't I'm sure there's <laughs> I don't know what it was called but um, it was the football game that was a a full football field made out of aluminum green aluminum.
the Jets and Browns, the Chiefs and Colts, the Giants and Bears, the Vikings and Packers, the Rams and Cowboys, NFL, electric, football. You start the action. With two complete teams like the Rams and Cowboys in their own colorful uniforms. NFL Electric Football by Tudor. I don't know. I don't want to know what was underneath it that made it vibrate. It had to be like, you know, 740 volts of power. That, But I'm sure everybody knows what I'm talking about because when you put the players on there, they all just kind of vibrate. And the, 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 the aluminum, piece of aluminum vibrates and you... It's just, it was crazy. I don't know how you ever got football out of that. But anyway, and then later in life, when I was probably 13 or so, I got the Monday Night Football. Uh, that game. sounds official. Well, let me tell you, it was. Uh, Roger Staubach on the front, ABC's logo on the front. Mm -hmm. It was a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and How is that different from the other electric football? Well, it worked, first of all. <laughs> There was no aluminum involved. Oh, okay. Um, but it, it was a thing where you would have long, rectangular, cardboard um, uh, pieces of, of cardboard, and they would have like five or six offensive plays that you could choose from. So you would slide that into the Magic Viewmaster or whatever it was, and you're going to choose this play, and then your opponent it has the same on defense. And he would say, okay, I'm going to choose a, a, a zone defense or a prevent defense or whatever. And so then you would put yours in, he would put his in, and then you would, where they magically overlap, you'd hit a light and it would oh. tell you what the play resulted in. You know, five-yard loss, 63-yard okay. gain, touchdown, or whatever. So it was like a little cerebral. Hmm. But not not too cerebral for me, <laughs> no sir. Uh, but I, and I still have that, by the way. Do you really? Yeah, but it's it's worth three hundred dollars. It's worth eight dollars, which is two more than we paid for it when we bought it in nineteen seventy three. That was a big deal when it came out because people. This was before computers, right? So when people saw these two things, they thought that was a computer, which is it wasn't obviously, <laughs> but. Um, Thanks for listening to Two Old Men Rambling about toys and the stuff we did in the 60s. My name's David Inman. Thanks for coming to the potluck. I also want to thank my brother, Steve Inman, for hanging out with us today. If you liked what you heard, you can hear more episodes on iTunes or Podbean, or you can go to the Incredible Inman page on Facebook. We'd also really appreciate a rating or a comment. It helps other people find us. See you later.